and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Like always, my name is Josh Reeser. You can find me on Twitter or the X at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4. You can find this podcast page at Ethos Bengals. Thank you for listening. I always appreciate it. Please continue to like and subscribe and download all the episodes. Heck, even leave me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple or Google, however you listen to it. No YouTube, maybe one day. I am forming a, a Cincinnati Bengals wall in my apartment, finally. So maybe I'll even have some fun wall art on the back. I got some for Christmas. And so I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody. It was a very nice day. Uh, lots of gifts. My sister goes crazy. Her house is always decked out to the nine. To the nine. All kinds of lights. She's got a big old tree and four little wiener dogs yapping around in little Christmas sweaters. They're cute, but they're kind of annoying sometimes. So I hope you all had the same uh, same experience as I did. It's finally snowing here in Madison, Wisconsin. We haven't had any snow really this entire year, which either means global warming exists or it's all going to come in January, February. Which at that point I'll probably be over it. You know, I'm just really hoping for a white Christmas. But regardless, let's start talking some football. Uh, last I talked, it was before the Vikings game uh, when Cincinnati was was uh, coming off a nice, nice win against the Indianapolis Colts. That was, uh, you know, it was a it's kind of an interesting game. Bengals were up, and then the Colts scored 14 points in like 20 seconds, and then they didn't score again. Bengals won pretty handily, uh, 34 to 14. But this uh, this Vikings game, this one was something different. Like in the beginning, it was not fun to watch at all. Let me tell you. I mean, even going into halftime, it was only seven to three. Uh, it's, it might have happened. Those, the scores might have happened on the first two drives as well. Yeah, Bengals scored on their opening drive. They took it 11 plays, 60 yards in like six minutes. And then the ensuing drive, Vikings 12 plays, 75 yards in six minutes. So like this is looking like it's going to be a, a good, maybe a high, like I mean a high scoring but efficient game. Like that was almost the entire first quarter. And then it goes punt, 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 interception, punt, interception, and then that's half. The Vikings did have another 14-play drive, but then they were picked off. I believe that was in the in the red zone. Because, uh, you know, Cincinnati, that's just what they do. Their defense is so good when they get backed up into their own, inside their own 20. So, yeah, Mullins was intercepted uh, by Mike Hilton at the one-yard line. And then uh, Mikey took it back for a little bit, but... Not like the Bengals did anything with it. Then, you know, the Vikings the ball back again, and they're driving. They're going five plays, 40 yards. And then uh, Mullins gets another uh, pass intercepted by B.J. Hill. A little tip at the line, and B.J. made a very good play on it. So they needed that right before the halftime. And then, you know, Vikings out of the half. They come out hot. Eight-play drive, 92 yards. They score a touchdown. That's uh, Jordan Addison, long one. Wasn't very fun to watch, let me tell you. And then the Bengals come right back and throw an interception and give up a field goal. So they're down 
and uh, it's not looking too good. It's almost fourth quarter. Uh, luckily, you know, Bengals come back with a touchdown of their own. This is when Browning starts to kind of get a little bit of hot because this fourth quarter was crazy. The Bengals scored 21 points in the fourth, but, uh, but we'll get there. Sorry, I'm a little bit ahead of myself here. Uh, luckily, you know, T. Higgins, this was a big T. Higgins game, and he needed it because... You know, let's, let's face it, he's having a down season, and this is a contract year. I don't think the Bengals bring him back. I don't know if I want the Bengals to bring him back with what I've seen from Yoshi. I don't know if it's going to be worth the money. I might rather invest that elsewhere on the defense because, yeah, the defense, not too hot. So, yeah, team made a great play in the corner of the end zone. Uh, Vikings hit the ball back. They punt it in three plays. Very nice. And then this is where Browning just, he gets hot. Like, he is just slicing and dicing, and Browning, I think, is probably the best quarterback in the fourth quarter qualified this year. I had to do some research, but they, they chuck it off with a mix and touchdown, and then they exchange touchdown. Like, so that's 17-17 at this point. Vikings hit the ball back, seven plays, 75 yards, another touchdown to Jordan Addison. And you know what? I, I didn't mention it, but Ty Chandler, I, I kind of, excuse my language, shit on him before this game because... I didn't expect him to do anything meanwhile or worthy, but he, I believe he had 120, 130 yards. I'll get into, I'll uh, get the specifics afterwards, but this game becomes a shootout at the end, and it's it's a fun game to watch. I'm back in. Another Bengals drive, another T. Higgins touchdown, which this play was crazy. Like, it's a broken play. Jake's just scrambling to his right, just throws it up. Just you know, just chucks it to teeth. He's on the sideline. He out jumps his man, makes a, a great catch, and has the wherewithal to just like keep his his core strength intact. He's right on the sideline, like I said, and he's able to keep the defender from pulling him out. And he does like a windmill with the ball and extends it over the end zone from like a yard away. Dude's got some long ass arms. Excuse my language again, but I've never seen a play like that. And that was to tie the game and to send it into overtime because there's only 30 seconds left. And oh man. I, T. Higgins, he made some money in this game and on that catch alone, I tell you that, because some team, some team will overpay for him, and I think it's going to be Carolina. I really do. Unless, I mean, who else pops in my head right away? I don't know, New England maybe? Hopefully he doesn't stay within the division. I don't think he would do that. Honestly, maybe even somewhere like Green Bay. Anyways, we can talk about that in another episode, in which I think that what's going to happen with the team construction. And then overtime came, both teams kind of put up stinkers, you know, since he got the ball first, first play, sack, second play, sack. So, you know, that's a great way to set overtime, let me tell you. Luckily, uh, Minnesota wasn't able to do much with it anyways. They held, Minnesota, they, or the Vikings, Bengals, Bengals held the Vikings, uh, they got one first down, but they were able to stop them on third and short, and fourth and short, and uh, the Bengals were able to kick seal it with a McPherson kick uh, field goal, excuse me, but man, like Tyler Boyd had a nice game. He had a huge 44-yard uh, catch that set up the the winning field goal. He uh, cro crosses across the middle and somehow he like bounced off two defenders and was able to take it up the sideline for 40 yards. It was crazy, but like Jake Browning, 29-42 for 324 yards, two tutties, one interception. That's okay. Like, even Nick Mullins put up 300 yards and two touchdowns. He's Nick Mullins is a good quarterback. 
he's at least a, a high-end backup in my eyes, but yeah, Chandler, 132 rushing yards and a touchdown. Can't be having that. The Bengals' defense has just been gashed all year, and I don't know if it's going to be a draft pick or, or a free agency signing, but like they could have gone out and got Chase Young or any of these other like, deep linemen that were available at the trade deadline. Like The Niners making that move was such a, a good, ballsy move for them to make. So yeah, a little more on Jake Browning because he's just been he's been great as a backup. Like I think Cincinnati has finally found their backup for Bur- for Burrow, and thus somehow Jake leaves in the offseason. Like they've got his it's messy. Sits. I don't go I don't go into contracts, guys. Let's be honest. I don't know it all. I mean, I know a lot of shit, but I don't know it all. Uh, but anyways, like yeah, big revenge game for Browning. He even said it during the game. Like he yelled into the camera that they he couldn't believe that they cut him. And man, like. Late in the game, so starting late in the third quarter when he started to get hot, like I said, seven straight completions on the 75-yard drive and that 13-yard strike to Higgins. Like, man, he's just, he's so efficient, and he gets the ball to everyone. He, I think they, I saw he had 11 different receivers. So, Browning, feel good with Browning. I mean, I know the outcome of the Steelers game, so we'll talk about that, but a little bit more about this. Uh, the Bengals did lose DJ Reader. He got carried out really early, which is not good. He's he was he's the guy on the defensive line. Like in the middle, that's how I, that's the only run stuffer we have. They have so I just, just feel for him. And also DJ Ivy left with a knee injury. The rookie seventh round cornerback getting good playing time. He stepped up. Didn't even mention that Jamar Chase sprained his AC joint. They lose two huge, if not the best guys on their respective side of the ball. So, I mean, it's a great comeback win. Browning, everyone's got faith in Jake. But man, losing those two two guys just huge. Moving on to the Steelers game, uh, this one's going to be a little bit less of a roundup because the Bengals played like booty, and I I don't know what happened. On, to be honest, I, I was working during this game, um, and I'm glad I did, because I, if I would have sat at home and watched this, I would have been so pissed the entire time. Like, George Pickens, two bomb touchdowns, one of which I, you know, I was talking to the DJ, oh, we had DJ, or we had karaoke that night at work, which I freaking killed, so thanks for asking. I... I even it was a long one of the long plays to George Pickens and I was like oh nice well here comes an incompletion nope boom ran right my face after that point I stopped watching completely but it's like going into this game like they're down them being the Steelers being down their two starting safeties Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback like George Pickens is creating all this drama Najee Harris isn't even a good running back anymore and then they all just completely they're like hey guys it's the Bengals. We gotta all come together and get our shit sorted. Sorry, I'm swearing so much in this episode, but man, it was bad. Like Pickens, four receptions, 195 yards, and two touchdowns. Like take those two away, and this is a completely different ball game. At one point, they were only down two scores when they got a two-point conversion. Final score being 34-11. I mean, it was 24-11 at one point, almost, and it's like, oh. Just, you know, another big T. Higgins game. So he's he's going to make some money at least. But Browning, 
oh man, yeah, this talk, I was talking about earlier how Jake was so great last week, but man, this was, he, I don't know, he must not have gotten a good night's sleep, because three interceptions, two of them just being boneheaded moves, like, I don't want to say he's getting cocky, but he's getting to the point where he thinks he can just kind of wing it, and it's going to go work for him every single time, like some of these are, one interception, clearly he's he's just scrambling around trying to find something to do when he tries to squeeze a ball on the sideline, and it's an easy interception. Like, like Jake, you're better than that dude. He still throws for 300 yards, so his stats look decent, but it's like, oh, just bad. Bad, bad, and this is a really big, like, winning game that the Bengals needed to have. It would have kept the Steelers out of the playoffs, and I freaking hate them. And no one wants to watch the Steelers in the playoffs. Come on. And it would have solidified their spot. You know, they would have, I think, might, might have only needed to win one more. The AFC wildcard is such a, like, up-for-grabs mess. And now it's just, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what happened this week. This must have been the... I mean, the Bengals are still, I think they're... Def- I don't think they've won a uh, a conference game. Not a conference. Definitely haven't won a divisional game. Let's see what their conference record is. Because I'm uh, not feeling too good about it. Let's see. Okay, so Bengals 0-5 in the division, and they're 3-7 and in the conference. Oh, man. Meanwhile, you got the Browns that are 10-5 and playing. You know what? Yeah, I don't even want to talk about the rest of that Steeler game because there really is nothing else to talk about. So... I'm just going to kind of go ahead and talk about, like, the outlook of where the Bengals stand and where some of the players are that I that I really like. Um, and just, you know, the next few minutes, just kind of see what's going on in the league because, like, I don't even know what else to say about this Bengals-Steelers game. Another, like I said, big game from T. Higgins. But it was just nasty. I mean, at least I guess the Bengals didn't lose any uh, buddy to injury like they did the game before. But, yeah, like, let's see if there's anything to talk about in the box score before I get into the, the league outlook. Joe Mixon, no. Chase Brown, a little bit less. He'd been kind of making a big name for himself, but he kind of dropped back. My boy Andre Yoshivas. You know, eight targets. He turned four into 36 yards, but, I mean, I think he's a player. You know, T5 on 140, he had a 80-yard touchdown that, like, some, like, gave a little bit of life to the Bengals in the third quarter, And but other than that, yeah. Really got nothing for the rest of that game. Screw that game. Anyways. So, yeah, let's... You know, like I was saying, the Cleveland Browns are 10-5, and five, and I think they've started four different quarterbacks this year. People want to say that Zach Taylor is such a good coach, and, like, look how Jake Browning is playing, but I still don't know if that's Zach. I think it's Jake just kind of going out there and winging it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know some of it's up to coaching, but just frustrating. They're, they're such an inconsistent team at times, and it's... Ugh, so. So looking at the playoffs, there's one, two, three, four, five, eight, and seven teams trying to get that third spot. Actually, that's wrong because the Ravens are 
first in the division, so Cleveland has one of the wild card spots at 10 and 5. So, I mean, and the Chiefs might not even win their division. They lose two more, and the and the Raiders win out. The Raiders are going to win that division. Oh man, this the AFC playoff picture is just so whack. The NFC is actually pretty tight too. There's a lot of seven and eight teams. So let's see where it sits right now, because I'm looking at the wrong thing. So the top of the playoff, we have uh, the Ravens and the Dolphins, which they're going to have a fun game next week. Uh, the Chiefs currently sit in first, but they could lose, like I say, I doubt that happens. And the Jaguars, oh, look at that, the AFC South. There's three teams at A and 7, 8 and 7, trying to, uh, trying to win that division. Jacksonville currently holds the tiebreaker, based ahead to win percentage against uh, the Colts and the Texans. I mean, I think if the Houston had C.J. Stroud healthy, they would have been in the shoo-in. Uh, so, so right now, currently, you have the Bills, the Browns, and the Colts in those wild card spots. The Bills now nine and six. They're getting hot. They looked really, really bad for like that middle little part of that season, but their rushing attack has really taken over. Not a team that you want to play in the playoffs. I mean, honestly, the Colts, I don't think the Colts are going to make it in there. Honestly, it's probably going to be the stupid freaking Steelers, but uh, hopefully C.J. Stroud and Nico are back and the Texans can sneak on in. Let's look at the uh, the NFC. NFC is a little more top-heavy. Niners at the current and one, one seed. E so the Niners, Eagles, and Lions are all 11-4. and four. But the Niners have the one seed with a tiebreaker based on best win percentage in conference games. Yep. Well, San Fran 9-1 in conference. Eagles and Lions are 7-3. and three. That's crazy. Uh, the Buccaneers currently 8-7 and seven, hold the fourth spot. Uh, but them getting hot at the right time. Baker, man, what a resurgence for Baker Mayfield. I love it. I've always been a fan of him, even though he was a Brown. But, you know, he's always fun to root for. People always hate on him for no reason. Uh, the Cowboys have secured the top wild card spot at 10 and 5. They're also 7-3 in the conference. Uh, I thought Dallas. Um, Dallas can still win that division, actually. I think Dallas would be a heavy favorite if they can secure home field fan advantage, but I don't think that's going to happen. And then currently, in the wild card for the NFC, you got the Rams and the Seahawks at 8 and 7. Rams are getting hot. Seahawks are kind of beat up, but. And then fighting for that last spot. Oh no, just kidding. Cowboys, Rams, Seahawks are the wild cards. So yeah, I, actually I like that NFC stack. And then you got the Saints, Packers, Falcons, and Vikings all at 7-8 and eight, trying to fight in there. So, what a fun playoff. It, uh, it was looking kind of stinky there for a second, but I like how uh, it's all coming together. Besides the fact that Cincinnati not, might not make it. But, I mean, let's all be honest. Once Burrow went down, I don't think... A lot of fans had faith in this team. I'll be honest, I didn't. I didn't expect Jake Browning to come out and just be captain heroic. I don't know. But, I mean, oh, last two games of the season, they got to go into Arrowhead on New Year's Eve, which the Chiefs are, Chiefs are vulnerable right now. Like, you take away Travis Kelsey and Rashe Rice, I think they can do it.
Chiefs are also hurting on the running back situation, so it's a winnable game for sure. But then they finish up at home against the Browns, and we all know how that always goes. Cincinnati can't beat the Browns, even at home. Last, last Halloween, it's still haunting me. <laughs> but maybe the Browns are already in, and they rest their starters, and since he wins against the Chiefs, and let's, uh, I don't know what's going on this weekend. I don't know if there's any, let's take a look if any big playoff implications are happening this weekend in the AFC, I should say. I mean, Browns play tonight. I mean, they're hosting the Jets. That's probably going to be a pretty big Brown victory. Let's see. Colts and Vegas. That has some AFC implications. Let's go Vegas. Take a look. Ooh, Miami-Baltimore. That's just kind of more so for seeding. Tennessee at Houston. Houston needs a win big. Who's P oh, Pittsburgh at Seattle. Let's go Seahawks. If they can knock them down. Oh, that would actually just cause a lot more mess, but that'll be fun. So, basically, Cincy, you just got to beat the Chiefs and uh, pray to your upper entity. But, guys... That's going to call it today. Uh, thank you for listening, like always. I am gonna. I need to do an episode where I, I break down the players that I really like and the future of the Bengals, and maybe I'll try to delve into more contract stuff. But uh, still got to finish the season first. Like I said, big games against the Chiefs and the Browns, which I don't feel super comfortable in, but with this team, you never freaking know. So on that note, thank you. Once again, Josh Reese here is the name. Ethos Bengals is the game. Find me at R-I-E-S-S-E-R-1-4 or Ethos Bengals on Twitter slash X. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, have a good day. And who day? <laughs>